Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. We are on episode 141. I'm with Ryan and Tyler tonight, but more importantly with Max Boltman from The Athletic after his jam-packed weekend at the Prospect Tournament. Uh, how you guys doing tonight? I am fantastic. Got a little glass of scotch and talking hockey. Red Wings hockey. It's really a thing now <laughs> and not just a figment of our imagination. And we get Max to make us really excited and also keep us, you know, sane. I'm doing all right. I'm not feeling, you know, 100% here as you guys can hear, but uh, happy to be talking Red Wings hockey and even more happy that Max from the athletic is here. So, yeah. Well, it's my pleasure guys. I really appreciate you having me. I'm, uh, I'm back in Detroit right now for two days and, and or, well, the, the second of the two days. So I'll head back to Traverse city uh, tomorrow around lunchtime. And at that point, uh, and then it's all gas, all gas, no breaks for, for like eight months, right? Right. Rinse and now the real, real fun begins. Yeah, exactly. We were talking a little bit before the episode started. A full capacity arena at Traverse City, jam-packed with hockey Soon. fans, Soon. Red Wings fans and the like. Yeah, it's all it's all coming. And it was pretty exciting. I caught one of the games uh, for the second game. I was at a bachelor party and then caught a bit of the third. And... I was excited. Uh, there was good, I mean, a good showing by several players and not just the the names you would have thought like the Lucas Raymonds and the Berggrens. Um, but Max, I kind of want to get your overall thoughts of, of the tournament and how the Red Wings performed based on maybe what your expectations were going in. Well, uh, as a team, they didn't, they weren't very good. I mean, the, the, the first team they won <laughs> and they led big five to one, I think at one point early. And I don't know that they really, that was really indicative of the game. Like I thought Dallas was a better team in that game. Yep. It mm -hmm. ends up a five, four score. They win, they scored plenty. Um, but I didn't think they really were the better team in any of their games. And a big part of that is they got really banged up starting in game two. St. Louis physically dominated them. I thought and, and injured a couple of them, right. Jonathan yep. Bergman and mm -hmm. Patrick Curry leave that game with injuries. Um, and the second or that the final game in Columbus took that kind of to a whole other level. And Jared McIsaac takes a, a, a hard hit from behind and knocked unconscious and, and has to be stretched off the ice, transported to a hospital. Thankfully the reports um, already that night were that he was awake and alert and he wasn't going to have to spend the night in that, in the hospital that night. So that's the good news. Um, but by that point, they were so banged up and such a thin bench that I think it became 
pretty hard to really assess a lot of guys for, for that whole rest of that game. I mean, Joe Valeno was on the top line by that game. Lucas Raymond had sat out for precautionary reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and so he basically had a revolving door of line mates for really the last game and a half. Uh, same trade for Chase Pearson, who was the other center in the top six. So, you know, overall, like there were, there were guys who I thought looked good. I thought Lucas Raymond's game Saturday was excellent. He scored two goals and, and looked like everything you, you probably wanted to see from him in that game. He started slower on Friday, which is understandable after seven months off. Um, Kirill Tutayev was the, the standout in game one. He My was sleeper. Good. Yeah, he was really good in game one. And then I didn't think he made the same kind of impact in the next two games. Didn't mean he wasn't still good. You can still see the instincts. You can still see the skill. Um, but in terms of like the actual impact he was making on the game, it wasn't where it was on, on the, on the first night. And that's fine. Like, you know, this is a guy who's a seventh yeah. round pick out of nowhere. I think you're still taking that tournament eight days a week from him, but you know, it probably reinforces that, you know, Hey, let's give some time here to, to let the samples balance out. Mm -hmm. um, Donovan Sabrango really good. I, I, I thought uh, maybe not like amazing, but um, for, for being a guy one year removed from his draft, uh, he, he was really steady back there. He, you know, I wrote in, in my observations column off that tournament, He's the kind of guy I'd want on my team, right? Like block shots, smart player, good stick. Was able Locks to it up with his feet. He did have a fight. Um, but I thought even beyond the fight, like just the kind of guy who you want in tough minutes. Yep. So um, those would probably be the three guys for me who stood out. And, and Valeno was good. I don't want to say he like wasn't good. Um, I don't know that he dominated at the level. The previous two tournaments, he was like a two-point-per-game player. The yep. Brass and Traverse City this time – I think they list him at, at a point per game at three points of three games, but I actually think one of those three points is credited to him when it should be credited to, to tie of. So just not as productive of a tournament for, for Joe as it had been the previous years, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, it wasn't probably what, what he would have wanted to to do production wise to no. kick the roster push. Do you think he just took that more of getting his legs ready to go for what these next several days and going into the preseason are going to be? It could be any, it could be that his, he didn't ever have a consistent line, you know, for that. Yeah. Like, I think he had at least one, if not two points, he had a goal on, in the first game um, on a nice pass from Bergeron. And, and he was one of their better players. Like he looked probably like the most, um, you know, polished. Yeah. Him and Chase yeah. really detailed games. Right. But, but I think him even more so because he's got that extra gear with his skating and he's a little, little slipperier with his skill. And um, he's still probably the most NHL ready of those, all those guys. Um, but did he kick the door down? Probably not. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's safe to not, you know, go crazy over this tournament as much as we really did want to, because I mean, we finally get to see Raymond Berger and, and Valeno on a line. And then of course, Berger gets hurt and we're all sad inside. And, but Raymond did what he, we, we expected in that short time. I think Berger showed what we were expecting in regards to his playmaking. I, that was what I was most excited about. And what I, little I was able to watch was when he had the puck, he made things happen and he made it look pretty. Yeah. And to me, it's the second coming of Zetterberg, but one, maybe one day uh, I'll temper that expectation <laughs> like here eventually, but uh, it, it's, I, he's probably the one I'm still the most excited about. Yeah. And I, he's got a long way to go to, to, I think kind of be that complete player that Zetterberg had, had become. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in Bergeron, like, you know, the, the, the passing was real. Like you saw that pretty quickly on, on in night one. And so it uh, would have been good to get more looks at him. He was out by the, he played his final shift of the tournament sometime in the first period of, of game two. So mm -hmm. now not. is it just for precautionary that they don't want him to further injure himself or did it? I, I don't recall seeing anything that looked terrible. 
Well, there was a play where he went, I don't know if someone like, there was a, a play where his helmet came off in the corner um, sometime in the first period. And I actually think he might've played another shift after that. Um, and then I, and then I don't, I didn't see him anymore. So Raymond was held out from the third game. I know that was for precautionary yep. I didn't hear specifically one way or the other um, on Bergeron. It did seem like maybe Ben Simon was indicating like that, you know, there w- it was generally precautionary on both, but I, I know for sure it was precautionary on Raymond. I don't know it for sure on Bergeron. Got it. Now um, I think that, and the one thing that I think I really pulled out of game one is that Victor Bradstrom could be really, really good for Grand Rapids. Um, his showing before he was down for that little bit of time and then got up and still looked kind of shaky. I'm not sure they probably should have kept him in. Um, but he, I think he, I mean, he's the reason they won that game even after letting in the goals after he fell down. Absolutely. He was their best goal of the tournament by, by far. It wasn't close first two periods. I thought he was excellent. And like you said, in the third period, not as much, but how much of that is a result of getting shaken up and how yep. much it was is just, you know, Dallas had a barrage coming at him. I don't know how to assign that one way or the other. Didn't he have a play where he kind of kicked the puck, couldn't find the puck and kind of kicked it out front for a goal. I don't remember when sequentially that happened. There was, I I recall one or two, what I would have considered soft goals. Um, One like that would have been an accident on his part. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Um, But before the fall, I mean, locked in super athletic, um, cutting across the crease really easily. And I mean, it may have been something I didn't follow Bratstrom very closely when he played overseas um, because it wasn't super easy to, but uh, coming over here and seeing him play, it just looked like he's at least right now at an AHL level of play, I would say. And I think that's where he's going to end up fighting for probably a backup spot in Grand Rapids with who would you say Caden Vulture? I'd expect he's in Grand Rapids personally, but it's going to depend partly on what he shows in camp and in the preseason. But that, I mean, I, Sean Harkoff, I think, has even said, has told me um, in, in an interview that we did a couple of weeks ago, I think he even said that that's the plan is for him to be in Grand Rapids, pending what happens with camp, when it would yeah. sort itself out. But but entering camp, I think that's where they'd like him to to prove he belongs. So yeah. will Grand Rapids carry three goalies then? Uh, I don't know that. Essentially. Uh, you're talking about Fulcher, I assume, is the other one? Yeah, Fulcher, and it's because Pickard's still on. Yep on the right. roster too. So I didn't know if that was, I don't know how it works out. Um, it's a, it's a good question. I, so I don't know if they'd carry three or if, if Fulcher and, and Bradstrom are battling for a job there. I mean, Fulcher hasn't played a tremendous amount of hockey in the past couple of years. So it's hard to, for me to say where he stands mm-hmm. in all of this would be, that's another wrinkle. It's a good point. And uh, I've already seen the Sebastian Cosa hate. Um, online oh my God. I, single oh boy. Game. Yep. The single game at a prospect tournament, uh, which no one should freak out. It's one game that had no meaning where I, I assume goalies are just trying not to hurt themselves. Um, but I, Kosa, he got kind of lit up. He's probably not happy with his own play. Um, but I, again, I think this is probably the toughest competition he's ever faced and it's going to be, I mean, all up uphill from him, but he'll go, he'll go back to Edmonton uh, this season because he has to. Um, but I guess from the limited viewing, what was your view on Kosa? Well, I mean, really just also the lot first game. I think, I mean, he played at Canada's world junior camp, yep. I believe, but, but like in terms of a, 
of a tournament setting. Actual game. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, first in a while or, or at least first in like a month and a half or whatever it's been. So I'm not reading one thing into it. I mean, yeah, you'd obviously prefer if you're the Red Wings that your goal you just picked in the first round would come out and, and been a wall, but he's 18 and, and it was the first time he played in a while. I think, you know, he, he's dominated the WHL so much yep. in the last two years that I think it's fair to say you want to see him do it at a higher level. Like, I don't know, even if he goes and puts up a 940 this year in the Western League, like, has anyone really learned anything new about him? Probably not. If he does it at the World Juniors, then yes. Um, so that's an interesting thing is, like, what can he really gain for himself this year? Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I would think that by a year from now, we're talking about him pushing for an AHL spot. Nope. And we'll find out. One thing Max. I know about Cozy is he's gigantic. You know, there's, yeah. there's pictures of him and he's a big guy, like tower. Uh, that picture, Jen Reed, uh, I'm sure Max, you've engaged with her on Twitter and the sort. She's takes a lot of photos out of Grand Rapids and posts them. And she was posting stuff of the, the tournament up there. Ghost is a monster, <laughs> literal a, monster. Did you get a chance to actually took, stand by him with skates on? No, I didn't. I mean, I, I was down <laughs> low on ice level when he was playing, but um, no. So you didn't hurt your neck or anything? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's huge. The one thing I want to say as a follow-up question, Max, uh, do you expect he will be the starter for Team Canada at the World Juniors? I don't know Team Canada's pool well enough. Um, okay. I mean, who do they have coming back? I don't even remember. I'm trying to think, yeah. <laughs> a while ago. Devin Levi last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yep, it was Levi last year. So Devin Levi is still eligible for this tournament as far as I'm aware. But he'll be there, you would think, right? Well, maybe not. He might actually be. He might actually age out by like three days. So, <laughs> if that's the case, then you would think Sokos has got a good chance. But um, I don't know. I, it might even be too soon. Uh, you'd think so, based on his draft yeah. status and based on like what Spencer Knight and and Yaroslav Askarov, who have been drafted in similar ranges, right? Obviously, um, have done. But I don't know that for for sure. I, I would think. Now, one of the other players I kind of wanted to ask you about in the tournament, and you kind of wrote a little bit about him in your wrap up was Pasquale Zito. Yeah. Uh, he's one that seems to have a lot of fire under him for, for being picked um, after not playing. He was an OHL player, didn't play and he was picked late. And I think that he's, he kind of seems like the one that seems like more of a heart and soul kind of player. He'll, he'll do what he needs to do on the ice to help the team get a win and I think that he he really feels like he has something to prove, which could help him greatly improve his game. That could be. I mean, like I I did like him. I thought, especially as as the roster got thin and that tournament went on, he he moved up the lineup. And I thought he was one of the guys, along with Cross Hannes, who I thought made the most of that. And and I think in different ways, like Hannes more of the skilled sense type. And so as he got those more favorable deployments, you saw the passing and the creativity. Um, pop a little more, but, but Zito, I thought, um, you know, really stood out under the goal line and, and kind of down low and, and being willing to go to an area of the ice and get the puck that is an intimidating area. And he was not intimidated. He was able to get those pucks and, and retain possession. And, you know, so he scores a goal on a, on a tip, you know, that's good. But I think what I was most impressed by was, was just him being willing to go, go down low and, and play down there. Great. Do you um, think that the down low play was kind of what Simon was c- pushing? Cause you noticed that with, I, I feel like a lot of the forwards, even that regardless of their size, were making that push on the net. It may be, but I also think 
as you rise levels, it becomes, you just got to do it. You're not going to get space at the top of the circle. Someone's going to crush you or take the puck off you or whatever. Like uh, so much of hockey at that higher level seems to be you get the puck in however you can. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's chipping it deep. Sometimes that's that's taking it wide. But if you take it wide, you're probably gonna have to take it almost all the way wide down low and try to work terrible angle, which is a dangerous place to facilitate. Like it, it can be like, right. Like on the power play, you'll see a lot of teams have a ton of success facilitating from down low because that's, I mean, Zadina had that play on like the second game of the year last year where he made the steal on the pass out front and you could see like, it's tough for a goalie to track like that and then get in time to make the save. So mm-hmm. not always a bad thing, but yeah, I, I almost think that's just like a function of the style of play was the puck was often deep. And so you had to go down there and get it and, and work from there. Yeah. Within that 10 foot bubble. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, and nowadays the goalies play that reverse VH so they can get sniped up top if they're not careful. Yeah, right. so It's yeah. going to be more from the Michael Rasmussen slash Thomas Holmstrom office uh, where we're, the dirty <laughs> goals are going to come into play. Uh, so have you started doing your uh, roster projections? Um, I mean, you kind of keep a running one, um, in general at all times, oh, rough right? outline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've, they've made some additions over the last month or two since I probably since I published anything, but, um, I mean, today, obviously they, they announced the PTO for Bobby Ryan. That's great to see for Bobby. Uh, who's just one of the best guys in, in hockey that I've had the, the ability Character to interact dude. With. Yeah. Um, so that's great. They, they obviously signed Carter Rowney. They trade for Mitchell Stevens. So, I mean, if you want to just get into it, we can get into it right now. Yeah. So I kind of, I, and I know it's hard to base off the tournament and it'll be more towards next, next week when the training camp happens and you, and you see the scrimmages, but if there's any, been any movement, any changes, maybe someone like Bergen or Raymond move their way up a little bit. Um, where, where you kind of sit right now. So in terms of the, top six i think the big question is how ready to go is dylan larkin um mm-hmm. coming off that injury that he had at the end of next of last year you know is he cleared for the start of camp is he cleared for the first game of the season like i think that's all stuff that's these are still open questions right now that that are gonna have to play out and so we'll talk about it like he's full go yep. um, but, but understand like i i don't know if that whether that'll be the case or not i don't you know i don't right. know what it will be but i don't know which way which way it's gonna go so yeah, I think if he's in the lineup, then you're talking about Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, Jacob Verana, Robbie Fabry, Philip Zadina, and Pew Suter as like a pretty safe projection of the top six. Factor in your lines however you want, but those are the top six forwards, right? And then you get Vladislav Domestikov, Michael Rasmussen seem like pretty strong bets for line three. And then next to them, maybe that's Sam Gagne. Maybe that's Bobby Ryan. If he ends up getting a full-time contract, Adam Ernie, one of your younger guy and you want, could it be Adam Ernie. Maybe that's one of your younger guys, whether that's a, a Valeno, um, you know, I think Raymond and Bergren are probably ticketed for the AHL if I had to guess, but if, if there's a spot that makes sense, three W is probably the one, right. Yep. Um, and then you get to the fourth line. And, and if Ernie's not on the third line, then you have Ernie. I think you have Mitchell Stevens. And then you have another kind of question. And it, is that Carter Rowney? Is that Bobby Ryan? Oh, Sam Gagne is the other guy in this mix. He's, he's on the roster, right? Giovanni so, Smith. Mm-hmm. And Giovanni, Giovanni Smith. Smith. Right. So, uh, and Chase Pearson maybe pushes at the yeah. bottom. I, I guess probably AHL for him too, but you know, we'll see where, which way they want to go with all that stuff. So um, yeah, I would say probably one 
lineup spot up for grabs right now between all these guys we've just mentioned, Bobby Ryan, Giovanni Smith, Joe Valeno, Raymond Berggren, you know, Chase Pearson. Again, I, I think AHL makes the most sense for yeah. at least three of those guys. Um, you know, Giovanni Smith, would it be the end of the world for him to be on the team if he's not in the lineup every night at this point? I don't think it'd be the end of the world anymore. No. I think if you wanted to have him be a, be a swing guy, you could. Um, Valeno, I think you would prefer to play in the AHL. He's still only 21. Um, or sorry, the AHL versus being a scratch. Um, right. And in a perfect world, you probably feel the same way about Smith, but he's not waiver exempt anymore. And, and maybe you just don't want to take that risk. So, um, yeah, I, I think I would look at Smith and uh, Bobby Ryan as, as kind of big contenders for that. Valeno, if he has a good camp and like, you know, to me, like when you talk about Valeno's prospect tournament and him not blowing the door down, I don't think he looked any worse than he did when he looked perfectly comfortable in the NHL last spring. So yeah. by that token, he could absolutely still probably hold his own in the NHL. Um, will that be what the barometer is? We'll see. I think in the past, it, it my read on, on the Red Wings management and coaching staff has been that they want players to prove that they're ready to thrive and succeed in the NHL, not just be able to, you know, hold their own. Um, yeah. Not just getting by. Yeah, exactly. So um, and if I'm handicapping it right now, I think I'm probably projecting it as Smith or Bobby Ryan um, in, in that spot. Um, but I, a, a week ago, I'd have told you Valeno. So if Valeno yeah, I, is good in the preseason, we'll see. I think from what I, what I had read was that when they want guys to come in, they don't want them to come in and just stick them on the fourth line. It makes yeah. zero sense for a young guy or a developing well, prospect. I don't know that it's about the minutes. fourth line so much as just like, they don't want to come in and have to shelter them. Like they don't want to come yeah. in and have to, the fourth line is the fourth line. That's just like, you know, I, I don't think they're charting it out in a way that's like, you know, Oh, well, if he, you know, I mean, the minutes matter to them for it's sure. Minutes, yeah. Yeah. The minutes matter for sure. But like, I would think it's probably more about like, can they, are they ready to help on the PK or the power play or, or a special team? Cause it's really hard to carry guys in the NHL who can't play on either special teams, or you're not going mm-hmm. to play on either special teams. Yeah. Um, there's just only so many at that point minutes to be had. So, and that's something that has come into effect in the past for a guy like Tara Hirose. So yeah, I mean, it, it's all good questions. I, I don't know that we've, we know one way or the other right now. Like I, a week, like I said, a week ago, I'd have probably told you I, I'd lean toward Joe Valeno after seeing the prospect tournament and he doesn't blow the doors down. I'm not saying I'm going to change that or that he all of a sudden isn't ready, but maybe at that point advantage Giovanni Smith. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't think it's a problem if Joe Valeno doesn't make the team or, or like a camp? No, because, because I think Joe Valeno is going to play like at least 50 games in the NHL this year, like one okay. way or the other, right? Like injuries like, you know, happen injuries happen like and and you know let's say Dylan Larkin isn't ready to go that probably would help Joe Valeno's roster odds mm-hmm. tremendously right but like you look at Michael Rasmussen last year he doesn't make the opening night lineup but what was what it take all of a week for him to be <laughs> yeah, in right, right. it all took COVID yeah. and, then, and then he's uh and then he's back up so and it clicked for him that's that's the big thing with Raz that's it clicked right. and we know how talented Valeno is yeah. And once it clicks for him, I think that's where we're going to see him up, the, up full time. Yeah. And, and like, I think it will, I think it's going to be really similar to Rasmussen last year. And like, you know, again, I, I think Valeno looked like he belonged last, last mm-hmm. spring. So. And I would say Max, a defense is pretty easy to project at this point. And what my projection is, is you probably got a top line of DK and Heronic, a second line of Letty and Cider or pairing of Letty and Cider. 
and a third pairing of Stahl and Stetcher and your extras are Osterley and Lindstrom. I think there's a pretty good chance you're right about that, but I will say two things I would kind of, I mean, they're both kind of centered around DeKaiser and that's like, you know, is he going to be able to go back to playing his old workload? Like you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, would it shock me if Letty spent time with Heronic or at least played more like the number one, number one defenseman minutes off the jump? That would not shock me. I, I also look at it and I say, that's a perfect guy to mentor cider. I would expect to see a, a fair bit of him with cider throughout the course of the year. Um, but I also, you know, I, I could see a world where he's, he needs to be playing that number one minutes. And so maybe he sees some time with Heronic too, but I, I, I would tend to agree. I would tend to think he's a perfect fit next to cider. Um, but that just becomes, who do you put with Heronic then? Cause you know, Heronic plays a lot of minutes and yep. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ready to trust either the Kaiser or stall, or maybe even Osterly, um, with those minutes. And the other thing would be like, does Osterly take some of those minutes as he sub in there at some point. And, and, and Lindstrom, I would think um, at some point threatens to do the same. I, I would think stall Stetcher, that was a, a pretty effective pair, probably more yeah. effective than a lot of people expected last year. That looks like a slam dunk third pair to me. Cider, I would think is on the second pair. Like you said, is it with Letty? Is it with Osterly? Is it with the Kaiser? Cider to Kaiser could make some sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you wanted to kind of give a buffer for, you know, Cider still gets a veteran mentor, but, and, and DeKaiser doesn't have to play, you know, 21, 22 minutes a night. Cider like, oh. could open also open up DK's offense. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and, and really frankly, DeKaiser, if he stays at home, he can open up Cider's offense. So yep. it could work that way too. But I, I, you know, when they made the Letty trade, my first thought was there's, there's Cider's mentor, there's Cider's partner. So, um, I get it. I just, yeah, I, uh, I, I think there's a couple moving parts on the pairings and, and whether Osterley gets into that mix or not would be the only question I had from what you just said. Do you think Cider's an absolute lock? For the roster? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he's not. If he <laughs> Me too. I'd, I'd be I'd be almost be angry if he wasn't on the I think I'd almost everyone too. would feel that way. <laughs> well, it's just like, well, like so, you know, I'll, I'll plug this here, right? I, I, unless something jarring happens in the next four hours, then uh, I'm going to have a cider feature come out on, on Wednesday morning that, nice. that oh, beautiful. I talked to a lot of people in Rogla about him and in his year and kind of the inside stories of, of his year. And as I was doing those interviews, like I just became more and more, you know, assured that like, not just like, I know, you know, hockey wise, he was the best defenseman in the SHL last year, but, but also like they, they talked at length about his maturity and, and the way that he was able to blend kind of, He's so professional. He works so hard, but he also is loose and he brings this lightness and fun to the locker room. And like, you know, who could use a little bit of lightness and fun right now? Is that just a right five right five locker room? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm telling you, uh, the kid got, will have an A next season. Easy. Well, you know what? You say that next season, I don't know if it's next, but like a lot of the things that that you hear, you do wonder, is this a guy? I don't yep. even know if you wonder. You do you do feel like this is a guy who at some point wears a letter. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I no, think we've honestly. said it is that there there will be letters up for grabs. I think this season they might give it to one of the vets. And then next season yeah. there'll be there'll be open letters. And I I'm almost sure that Cider will get one simply because of what he has already shown, even as a prospect, uh, in just interviews and and other people speaking about him as former coaches and current coaches just talking about him. It's like the kid like Larkin is a rink rat and he just wants to learn and and help the people that are, that are around him. So I have no, no qualms. And I think he'll get an a like really quick. Yeah. That, whether it be whether awesome. it's a year from now or, or two or three years, I, 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 everything I've heard, I agree with you. 
Absolutely. Great. But Max, we want to thank you for your time. Uh, we know you're busy. We know you need to get some food and drink and sleep before you drive back to Traverse City. That sounds like he's not due for sleep yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but we want to thank you for coming on and thank you for your time. And we hope you have you back soon. Hey, my yeah. pleasure, guys. And thanks to you guys for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll keep up. We'll keep in touch throughout the year. Absolutely. Sure. Appreciate it, Max. Have a nice appreciate night. it, Max. Have a Take good care, one. Guys. Fantastic interview with Max. We'd like to thank him again for coming on the show. We love having him on. We'll have him on during the season. And uh, But first, we have to take a little break to for a sponsor message from DraftKings. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $100 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, so does Max's recap get you guys pumped? Like, did you get chills when he was talking about Mo? I just so I, I watched I watched the most recent video and the Red Wings just put out. If you didn't see it, it's a Mo cider video uh, where all different Wait, people what? talk about cider and what? how he's matured and how he's come along and his game and all this stuff. And and like Max said, and Tyler asked the question: If Mo is not on the team, I'm angry at this. We point. riot. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. angry. Like everyone is going to. Oh, they posted it a day ago. Oh, I so, haven't seen that yet. Yeah. So, I mean, Mo, like I said, Mo's going to get an A, I think, in next year because they're going to have it's going to give it to a vet this year. And mm-hmm. then that vet, like a Gagne or you got to expect that Stall is getting the A this year. They'll be gone next season. And then. I, I don't see anyone other than Cider that could get a letter. And it's just because Do you think the they stick to just two guys is. with A's this season. Um, I would rather than kind of rotating or that you see him doing the rotation. I think one other person gets an A full time and I could see that being Bertuzzi. I see. I don't even know if Bert gets an A. No, I I think you could see maybe Hironic getting an A. They give one to a defenseman. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. that's Stahl's A. I think Stahl for sure is getting one, whether that's permanent or not. It just, it makes the most sense. vet. Yes. Stahl or Letty. Oh, Letty, yeah, because Letty came up. They, I mean, Stahl, wasn't he, was he a captain for a short time? I don't York? know. He had an A with still, the Rangers. He was just an A. Okay, well, okay, so, yeah. Callahan was the captain when he was there. That's right. And Letty wore the A over there, too, right? I don't know what's going to happen, but I like I said, Cider has to be the most exciting prospect in the league. Scott Wheeler put out his picks for Calder and had Cole Caulfield at first. Trevor Zagris at second and more at cider at third. And I can see the Caulfield pick. I don't really agree with putting Zagris above cider at this point, simply because cider had his whole SHL season and was the defenseman of the year in the SHL. 
which at 19 years old is fucking super impressive. But I, I mean, he's the most exciting prospect we've had since Dylan Larkin, hands down. Yeah, that's not even close either. I mean, yeah. we've had some other really good prospects, but Zadina. None, but yeah, Zadina. Zadina was up there. I think Raymond right now, after this season, he's going to yeah. pick up the steam that yep. Cider had last year. Especially It'll if he comes into the Griffins and just fucking blows the doors down. Mm-hmm. He, Raymond, I think, I think Cider's excitement level is so high because he's going to be on the team this season. Yeah, yeah. Raymond will will barring take, some fucking craziness. Yeah. Like Raymond will take for the Cider hurt. slot. I think you could argue that Cider, his impact on this team, and I'm not saying that Dylan Larkin's impact hasn't been, you know seen over the last couple of years and just in general, but I feel like Cider's uh, impact is going to be greater than Dylan Larkin's was in his rookie year. Well, I, it's yeah, I can in, see that. Defensively mean more. He was a winger when he came up and yeah, he was a good winger, but Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk and Johan Franz and, and uh, you know, all those guys are still here. And so, I mean, you know, yeah, Dylan Larkin scored, scored some goals and stuff and he showed, you know, some leadership, but I mean, if Mo Sider comes in and wins the Calder trophy, Dylan Larkin didn't win the Calder trophy. No. So the last person we had that remotely came close was Jimmy Howard. Has anyone ever won the Calder trophy in a Red Wing uniform? Did Steve Eisenman? I don't think he oh. did. Oh, Lord. Tyler, why you, you know, bring up we really need and to make know, me we fucking Google search stuff? 1983 Calder Trophy. The Red Wings haven't had a Calder winner since Roger Crozier in 1964. No 60, way. 64-65. There you it's go. Before that, it was Glenn Hall and then Terry Sawchuck and Jim McFadden. You got to remember, Tyler, that... Um, Carl Voss. That... Iserman, his rookie year, I don't think was like knock knock you out of park phenomenal. Well, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Calder Memorial Trophy uh, voting. Steve Iserman received 203 votes, and uh, Tom Marasso received uh, 242. You're looking at 1984. Yeah, Tom Marasso. Oh, yeah, that's not surprising. Okay, yeah, uh, 83, 84. So 82, 83 was Steve Larmer from Chicago. Yeah, so I, it'll be real so interesting to see what happens. So it's been 60-plus years since Detroit's had a rookie of the year. Jeez. That was Eisenman's first year, though, right? 83, 84? Adriana, well, that'd be you're his welcome. Calder year. Adriana, you have an episode now. Right. Uh, Calder winners since the last Red Wings winner. Um, but, <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's it'll be real interesting because the Red Wings easily have two Calder candidates, three if you include. Don't, don't bring up Nedeljkovic because apparently because he was on Jesus. the voting thing last year he so shouldn't mad. get looked at. Kirill Kaprizov was twenty four and he won the Calder Trophy. New oh he got a contract today too. Panarin oh, was twenty four. Yeah, did you see the ever. video? Did no, you see I the didn't. video that they posted? No. They posted like Russian music and they had like the dolls. Oh, Lord. And they all made five of them. And then the sixth one was K- Kirill Kaprizov. Oh, and then it God. just had like the eye. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Why? After they paid him what he wanted. Dun, so they're dun, just like, man, dun, we gave dun, up at the end. Dun, 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 dun. Was it the Tetris <laughs> music? Was it dun, 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 it dun, 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 um, So it was. Uh, and derailed. So. Yeah, I, I would say that the Red Wings have three, and Wheeler said the same thing. He had uh, number three, Moritz Cider. 
And at 18, he did like the top 20 candidates for Calder. 18, he had Joe Valeno. Because Which else? Surprised by. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a good chance that Valeno plays a, a lion's share of a of games in the NHL as soon as someone mm-hmm. goes down or someone gets demoted or whatever happens. I mean, you could have a season-ending injury for someone like Sam Gagne or one of the older guys do something happens oh, yeah. in Valeno. You have to expect that someone's getting hurt as much as you sure. don't like to say it. It's, it's the that's an NHL season. Yeah. And then he was asked in the comments, they're like, well, where's Nadalkovic? And he, one, didn't realize Nadalkovic was still eligible, mm-hmm. but two, brought up the point that he thinks voters wouldn't think it's fair to vote for Nadalkovic because he was eligible last season and already received votes. Welcome to 2021. Which at one point I said was they should just cancel the fucking awards then. If you're not going to give the best player the award simply because, man, you had the chance to get it last year and you didn't. No. That's bullshit. That's 100% had one bullshit. of the best rookie years possible last sure. year. If So you're telling me if Nadelkovic put up a hundred percent save percentage and a zero for goals against because he could, was eligible last year and like placed third in voting or whatever that you're not going to vote for him simply because he could have won last year. And you're going so to win anyone. No, no, but I had the list pulled up and I exited out of the tab. Right, Ryan, I feel like should, this is right up your alley. Detroit played them in the first round of the playoffs that year and uh, swept them. It was Steve Mason in the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, I was going to say, why would I know? So that was back in 0809. Oh, 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 I think Mason that was the Calder. I'm pretty sure I was at game two because Ozzy had a shutout. Mason yeah. was the last goalie to right. win the Calder. Yes, that's correct. Steve okay. Mason. So the Red Wings have three, and I will still count Nadalkovic because I still count Nadalkovic. There, if you I mean, are, by rule, you can count Nadelkovich. If you are a media member who has voting rights and you say, I'm not going to vote him because he could have won last year, you're a bitch. You should have your rights revoked. <laughs> I mean, we can not, already, we can, we can go into that st- subject in terms I of all like voting. I feel like that's happened before, though. I feel like that's happened before, though. The Nadelkovich situation is stupid. What if he goes out and he's one of the best goalies in the league and puts up these ridiculous numbers? They're not going to. Apparently, that doesn't matter. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. That is a load full of shit. Well, yeah, but it's what's going to be a likely scenario because Canada. No, I don't think so. I I think people. I think you will. You want to throw Montreal a bone because they're probably going to miss the playoffs this season. Yeah, Montreal is going to be one of the one of the teams that regresses the most. I think. I oh, think yeah, they're back to chance. reality in their division. I think there's a chance they're worse than Detroit is this year. Mm-hmm. Can we agree that the Canadian division was Can probably you throw the that worst in the hot division? Takes channel in the Discord that might be a hot take, but they played a lot of might hockey be? last year. They played a lot of hockey last year. They got all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Teams that get to the finals usually. And if they lose, they usually don't make the playoffs or, or if they do make the playoffs, they don't make much noise the next year. So that I'm waiting to see this in the Discord hot, take. hot takes channel. No, I want to put this in the hot takes channel. Hop in okay, our discord. You can land right now. Uh, if, Tyler about his, about his hot takes. Put it in there. Not, I don't okay. think it's much of a hot take. Carrie price is not getting any younger, so he could get hurt. They don't have half the players. Their best defenseman is out for the entire year. Uh, they just lost one of their young centers. They still have Petrie, so I don't know. Yeah, Jeff Petrie's really good. 
is he as good as Shea Weber? I don't know. I mean, maybe currently, yes, but but are I'm we just talking like head smash in the glass per sixty, or what are we talking? <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov, uh, ninety-nine one zero zero zero. So he won. Yeah. Jason Robertson, Alex Nadelkovich, Josh Norris, That's Igor Shesterkin, Vitek Vanacek, Ty Smith, Nils Hoglander, Tim Stutzla, Igor Sharanagovich, Sharanagovich. Yeah, sure. Uh, Pia Suter came in eleventh. Keandre Miller, Kevin Lankinen, Eli Tolvanen, Kapokakinen, Ilya Sorokin, Artem Zub, uh, Mikey, Mikey, or is it McKay Anderson? For I feel LA. like Sorokin is eligible again this year. Um, I'd have you to think that most of these guys play. are probably going to be because it was a shortened season. Jason Robertson, play. too. He's a, he's a fantastic player. Uh, they got to play in our 26 games. Is it Mikey or Mickey Anderson? Mikey Anderson. Okay. Brandon Hagel Mikey and Zach Whitecloud. It. Yep. Um, Zach Whitecloud got one fifth place vote. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't know Pia Suter came in 11th. Uh, he got one third place vote, two uh, fourth place votes, and a fifth place vote. That's real good. How, how many games did he play last year? Uh, had to have been quite a bit. I think he may have almost played almost every game for Chicago. Because he had a hat trick against us, not trying to. Yeah, it was his first. Uh, yeah. I wasn't. His, I don't think that was his first game. That was his third game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, P.S. Suter, he played uh, 55 games for Chicago last okay. season. And that was uh, what, a 56 game season last year? 50, yeah, 56 yeah, games. 56. So he had 27 points in 55 games, which he should pick up this season, which is good. He's only 25. I thought he was 26. Um, so. No, he played 55, so he's over the he's over the limit for being eligible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, goalies are who are gonna benefit most from this because it's 26 games. And if you are a rookie goalie playing in a 56 game season, chances are you didn't play 26 games. So I'm surprised they didn't edit it, but whatever. Oh, other news we had this week that I wanted to kind of bring up. Uh Zidane Chara, a New York Islander. <laughs> If, uh, you think they're a favorite, the favorite the other Isles? than Tampa for, for the cup. Yeah. No, abs no. Be Tampa and the avalanche. I mean, I'd probably honestly, at this okay. Point, they're top five. They're they, they remain top five. Top I think Tampa five. regresses. Sure. I do too. Oh, which yeah, is why I think this is co- If last year wasn't Colorado's year, this is Colorado's year. Um, as much as we hate it, but I'd say Colorado's probably top. Vegas is probably second. Yeah, Vegas um, didn't lose at this at point. All. Yeah, no, at this point, Tampa's third or fourth. Well, maybe. Vegas has <laughs> got to figure out that power play. Otherwise, they're not going. Well, anywhere. you could argue losing Flurry is going to yeah. hurt them. The Rangers could come up pretty quickly, um, yeah. especially with a new coach and I like second Philly year a second year of the um, I would say the Islanders are probably fifth or sixth right now. Um, and the way the Islanders play, they, they can play some playoff hockey now. I mean, they're a. They're a playoff hockey type of team. The only thing that's going to screw them up a little bit, I think they start like 20 of their first. I think their first 20 games are on the road. 15. Oh, they don't have their arena's not done, right? Their arena's not ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be in in for it if they don't start off, you know, pretty strong. Shit. I forgot that Parisi signed with them. Yeah. Parisi signed with them. Char signed with them. Zajac just retired. Okay. So before we sign off tonight, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on going into training camp after seeing what happened in the prospect tournament. 
what, what you want to happen. And I know a lot of prospect tournament is guys don't want to get hurt. And the McIsaac thing yeah, is super unfortunate. Yeah. McIsaac thing super fortunate. Bergeron, we don't know what the status is. It could just be that he's held out because he's maybe a little banged up, but they don't want to kind of push it further so he doesn't get more injured in a training camp. And Raymond was held on precaution, not injured at all, just precautionary. I guess, what are your expectations going to training camp before the season starts? What do you want to see happen? And I'll start with Ryan. So we'll just do this. We'll do final. You bundle this in with your final thoughts and then we'll sign off. I mean, for me, it's, I really just want these guys to be healthy, especially coming out uh, with what we saw. Now, how severe are the injuries that we saw in the prospect tournament? We don't really know. Well, we can safely assume, I think, that McIsaac had a concussion. I think that actually. He came back on the ice the next day. He was there the next day. I think Brandon, Brandon Case, BK62. Join our uh, Discord. You get all the updates. Yeah, he was he was shooting in the updates. And I think he even said he saw McIsaac as he was going off the ice, giving when he was being stretchered off the ice, unfortunately, giving Eiserman a thumbs up that night. So things were good then. We know Max touched on it. But get just anyone and everyone to include Cider, who, Greg, you, you're trying to voodoo, stay healthy. That's what I want to see happen. But I also want to see guys really step up their game, like a Valino, a Cider. I want to see kind of like touching on what Max mentioned. Is Larkin ready to go? Is he going to be game ready for the first game of the season? If he's in the preseason, I'm not too worried about that, whether or not he's playing a whole lot. If he's out there, great. Is he effective on those in those small minutes? If it's going to be limited, that's what I, I care about. Same goes with Bertuzzi. So, if they can get that chemistry before we are in, in LCA on October 14th and actually have a product on the ice that's effective. And really the only other thing I'd, I'd be most intrigued by is how is Alex Tangay going to impact this roster and the scoring, especially when it comes to the power play. We know that was the main reason he was brought in. That was what was, that's been preached since day one for him. How much can he turn this team around now? I get it. We don't have offensive juggernauts to put the puck in the net, but systems can make things better regardless of the players. Does he have that for the NHL level? We've seen him do it. No, I shouldn't say we've seen him do it. We see his resume of what he did in the AHL and before that. So can he bring that up to the NHL? Let Detroit do that. We're going to get that glimpse in the preseason. So if it happens there, great, but really going to watch that going into the actual regular season. So those are my kind of few things. I'm not going to go individualized. We can talk about that probably next week since we'll have training camp kicked off and then we can, I'll go so a little much bit further, but so I know it's, it's fantastic. We're, we're now <laughs> back into normal life for hockey and I, and Max touched on, he's like, yeah, now it's next, the next eight months is just going to be a blur. So yeah. And great. I think next week we have Daniela on, mm-hmm. and I think we might also try to coordinate for the second half with the guy from Red Wings rant to kind of talk about the season awesome. coming up in training camp. So it'll be next week will be a jam packed episode with uh, probably two to four guests if we get both of them. So it'll be really interesting uh, going forward. But Tyler, I want to get your thoughts on camp, what you want to see, and then uh, your final thoughts. Yeah, so I'm going to kick off with uh, what Ryan said as well. I mean, health is is the primary 
thing that I'm looking for. I mean, we can't have any more of those McIsaac injuries, uh, especially, you know, to someone significant. I'm not going to say the name because I'm not trying to jinx things. Please don't. Um, really looking forward to seeing Cider out there. Really looking forward to seeing Raymond out there. Um, and just to see if, if Raymond and Bergeron, and obviously we we don't know what the significance of the Bergeron injury is, um, but if the, those guys can push and try to make spot, I mean, obviously Cider is a lock as, as we heard from Max, um, but uh, in, ter- in terms of Raymond and in terms of Bergeron and in terms of Valeno, which ones of those guys are going to push for the, uh, for the, the opening night roster, which we're all going to be at. Shameless plug there. Um, so it, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out. I'm interested to see um, which of the the veterans make the team. Whether it's Rowney, whether it's Stevens, whether it's the uh, Mesnikov, whether it's Gagne, whether it's Bobby Ryan, who we signed hey, to PTO today. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces here. This kind of seems like one of those uh, training camps that is going to be kind of not wide open, but there's going to be a lot of different moving pieces and parts. Eiserman, uh, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, well, no, Iserman, you have no all. idea. I mean, we did this, I think it was, was it last year or two years ago where we kind of had the whole projection of the roster and then opening night came and we're like, what the fuck? What happened here? These guys are there. <laughs> this guy's here. Ciders in Sweden. Like I, and I know the pandemic messed with a lot of it, but you know, it's still, it's just like with Eisenman, you don't know what his philosophies are here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Also, you know, with the goaltending situation, hopefully Nadelkovic is, is good to go. And uh, Grice is good to back him up. Um, and like I said, I mean, I'm just looking forward to these preseason games coming up here soon. Um, we're getting closer and closer. I think there's preseason games Sunday, right? In the national hockey league. So we're, uh, we're getting close. I'm really looking forward. I did see a commercial. Yeah. It's Sunday, the 24th, right? Is it Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? No. Yeah. 26th, 26th. That's exactly what it is. But anyways, yeah, that that's what I'm looking forward to. And also, um, how is Jeff Blaschel going to respond here? Uh, it is what sixth year now. Uh, it's year six. I mean, I know that there's not a lot of expectation here with this team and making the playoffs, but you know what, in terms of, of being more competitive and looking harder to play against and all of that shit, if things don't work out this year, I think this is the last you'll ever see of Jeff Blaschel in Detroit. So, um, we'll see what happens there, but, uh, that's where I'm going to leave it here. My final thoughts are those, and you can follow me on Twitter at seal dog 91. Ryan, did you do your Twitter? Nope. Already Ryan 33. There you go. Uh, so for camp, I, I mean, I just want camp to happen so that we can get back to hockey. Uh, but I am excited. Cider was not in the prospect tournament. He will be at camp coming in as the SHL defenseman of the year. I expect big things out of cider at camp and by big, big things, things I mean like physical contact, because as we know, cider is both the second coming. Uh, it's like if, Nick Lidstrom and Cronwall had a baby. That's what cider is. <laughs> that's almost creepy. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see about that. But that's what uh. I want to see. I want to see a surprise. I want to see either Bergeron or Raymond make the team on opening night. That mm-hmm. would be super cool. Just a great storyline. Give someone like Max a lot to write about. But uh, as Max said, he's got a nice article popping tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Which about, will be the day cider. of this release. Correct. 
Yeah, as long as I don't have any interruptions <laughs> so I can edit tomorrow. No pressure. Um, but yeah, that's what, kind of what I want to see coming out of camp. I want to see guys like if, if Tutiaev uh, is there, take another step. I think he's one of my more exciting prospects. He he was amazing. It's great t-shirt material. And he played really good throughout the whole um, prospect quote-unquote tournament because it wasn't really a tournament because they didn't award a trophy. But mm-hmm. I think he was the most exciting being a, a really, really late seventh round pick and just coming in and playing really, really well. And he, he's been my sleeper for a while, born in Yakaterinburg, same place as Pavel Datsuk, same eye setting as Pavel Datsuk said, he's going to be the next one to do Dr. Romani commercials. Oh, but, uh, it It's just really exciting to see kind of, and especially the fans having fun with it because our team's been bad for five years, six years, seven years, but the fans seem to be coming back around, having a good time, enjoying the tournaments, enjoying players names that no one can fucking pronounce. And and it's really good. And we do have some guests lined up coming up. And uh, like I said, we've got Daniela. Yeah. We've got Daniela on Monday um, as well as I'm going to try to get to other guys from Red Wings rant. Uh, Another podcast. If you ever check them out, they're also part of the uh, hockey podcast network. You can check them out. Thanks. Yeah. But that's what we're, we're trying to get lined up. We do have people lined up. Uh, Jay fresh is going to come on and we have a few other guests coming on. So he's really touched a nerve. Yeah. He pissed people off. Um, when he talked about, wow, your top prospect beat a guy who's probably going to be an accountant in like three weeks. So, uh, it's, Uh, it'll be interesting, but I want Jay fresh to come on and give people a crash course in analytics. So I think that's what, that's what we're going to be an awesome night actually. Yep. Uh, but you can follow me online at bringing the wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline pod. We're going to do another beer bracket soon. I have the graphic Ooh. almost done and I'm going to tag all these different breweries in it. And one of them will want to join on. I know bells like their media team missed it last time. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. We wish we would have saw this earlier because we would have promoted it and put our name out there and all this other stuff. So It'll we're going to have a great battle. Yeah, if you go to uh, howieshockeytape.com, use the promo code GRINDLINE, get 10% off your order. Use the same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. If you go to redbulb.com and search the GRINDLINE, you can find our merch. Uh, if you go to our Twitter, there's a link for BetUS where you can get 125% bonus credit when you create a new account and deposit some money in. Uh, the one thing we really want everyone to catch on, this did catch on during training camp. I'm super happy or with uh, during prospect tournament. I'm super happy with it is the discord. We've probably got almost 60 people in there now. And there's uh, daily. Discourse. Over that now. Yeah. Daily discourse. We talk about Chell. We talk about prospects. We talk about the team. We talk about the league. We talk about whatever. There's a channel for your pet pictures and hot takes. Tyler's hot takes are going in there. We got a whole bunch of really cool stuff. No, Tyler didn't add it yet. He's doing something on his phone. I can see him. He's ignoring us. Think about Zoom now, Tyler. I can see what the fuck you're doing. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> responding to someone that was bothering me. My bad. Um, you so go check out our Discord. The link is in our Twitter bio, and come there. join us. It's a lot of fun, and we have a ton of fun doing it. Everyone's um, new. Everyone's to engaging. Almost. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Almost. Oh, he's calling me out. 
Look it, look it. I'm part of a couple different discords. I'm part of a hockey jersey one. I'm part of a uh, maize and brew one for Michigan Ooh, football watch and out. Michigan hockey and stuff. And then I'm also part of uh, you know the grind line one. So you I say get you could be a part messages. of the one that you're actually a part. Of I get a million <laughs> messages a day. Okay, I you know I you can mute those for the Tyler Seely does not do well with group chats. Okay, so I try Tyler to Seeley do my doesn't best. Do well okay? Technology. Period. Yeah, technology. You're you're worse than my grandpa when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> but come join our Discord. Ah. I think that's the that's the point. Is that we're having a lot of fun in there. We're gonna do some Discord exclusive giveaways. We're gonna have. We've got game streams. We've got live chat. We're gonna do Discord live episodes. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Also, join us on uh, day uh, opening day, fourteenth of October. We will be there. All of Red Wings Twitter seemingly will be there. Much. That's able uh, to be in the country. I got my and, tickets. And we all meet near the uh, team shop at the first intermission. And it's a ton of fun. Um, I would mm-hmm. also like to thank the one person um, who came into our discord and insulted me before leaving. I love you. And I know that I just external. Made you- is that was, is that I, his name was external? Whatever. I think parts for external. <laughs> he, uh, he just, he loved me so much that he had to come try to knock me back down to earth with his uh, criticism. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, again, thanks, Max from The Athletic for coming on and talking to us. Yeah, it was a that pleasure was huge. to have him on and to get his opinion, especially after something like the Prospect Tournament. But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>